Welcome back to another episode of Caped Chronicles. This is episode number 19, and boy, we have hit the sewers tonight. We are going really, really deep into the sewers tonight with Blade 2, all the way back in 2002. I'm excited about this episode personally because I love Blade 2. If you did catch the sarcasm, I promise it may or may not be there. We'll find out later. But we're recording on January 20th, 2019. And I am Mike. I am one of your hosts. I cannot do this alone. I have three other hosts with me. Carrie, what's up? Um, I'm up. I'm awake uh, still. Yeah, I'm, I've not been drinking. Me neither. So, um, so we, the two of us, can be the sober ones on the podcast. I, th- I guess this time around. I, th- I think I think based on our conversation before we started recording, though, I should probably start you know having a bottle of wine with uh, when we record. <laughs> probably. Uh, and that laughter you heard right there was Fred. What's up, man? I'm doing really good. I thought I was in the Twilight Zone. I thought you were going to say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles when you dropped the sewers. Yeah. And Ooh. I thought I'd watch the wrong movie. But I'm ready. I'm <laughs> we're recording Blade 2. It's going to be another hot mess, and I'm looking forward to every moment of it. Ooh, good. And the other laughter you just heard was Andrea. What's up? I am doing fantastic with almost 14% of alcohol in my system. And I'm also oh, wondering, Lord. how can I get to be introduced second? Because Carrie needs to, like, step down a little bit. <laughs> so. It's not going to happen. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> it, it's funny because, okay... So first, it's obviously Mike, and then it's Carrie, and then I was like, okay, I'm preparing, I'm preparing. And then he's like, and Fred, and it's like, well, well, bum, bum. You saved the best for last, Andrea. Oh, uh, well, if you look at it that way, then okay. No, don't inflate her conscience that much, Carrie. No, I I did Fred, I did Fred, I did Fred because Andrea, he laughed. I'm going to go stand over there. Uh, Let, let's just point. wait until the alcohol kicks in, and then I'll say something witty to Mike. I thought it's, I thought it's already in. <laughs> We already and started oh, the movie, and we're already down the sewers. Oh, we are. <laughs> but it. listen, we uh, just we to give Carrie. you a couple. Of, we broke Carrie. Of I'm sorry. Carrie, Carrie's already gone. No, we're I'm done. Not broken. All right, we're having the dropper from the call. No. Um, so let's just give you a couple of network announcements. Y'all follow our other podcasts that we're on. Um, Andrea and Fred are on the Outer Rim, <clears throat> and Andrea is also on the Tight Beam and Fangirl Confessionals. All three. Well, I know two of the podcasts are really good podcasts. I've never heard the type B because I don't watch the Expanse yet. The nerve. So I know the other two podcasts are really good. Um, and uh, follow myself and Carrie. Uh, we're um, on DC Talk, which we have a a contest going on right now. So if you have not entered that contest, all you have to do is leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play, and you'll be entered to win a copy of the DVD Blu-ray digital version of Death of Superman. For free. There's nothing you have to do. You only pay for shipping. Isn't that awesome? I think so. And um, <laughs> wait, wait, Mike, you should yeah, probably um, specify that you have to leave a review for DC Talk. That's right. You have to leave a review for DC Talk. And we, we, we may send somebody um, a copy of uh, Batman and Robin <gasps> for Cape Chronicles. I don't know. The Mike, special do you really edition. hate our listeners that much? <laughs> no. <laughs> A signed, a signed autograph from all four of us. That would be awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So they can forge our names on checks and stuff. It'd be awesome. Um, no. 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 So, uh, but keep keep those things in mind, y'all. And I do want to mention something that's kind of uh, kind of going to hit personal here. Um, so on the network, we pride ourselves. We are all volunteers. We love talking about what we talk about, um, whether it be Star Wars or sci-fi or superheroes. And uh, sometimes words can be very effective toward people. So keep in mind that we are people just like you. And um, the, the analogy, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words may never hurt me, is an out-of-date, stupid analogy. Um, words can be effective, and words can hurt people. So keep that in mind, whether you tweet at us, whether you email us, or whether you're just in your regular conversation with other people, keep in mind that the things that you say are very important, and people remember those. Um, so keep that in mind. Watch what you say. As my mama used to say, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. That's just from us. 
and well, for me, I don't care if anybody else agrees with me. That's just from my own personal um, mind right now. Well, all right. Amen, brother. Amen. Amen. Good. Good. All right. Well, we're going to move into the film. We're talking about Blade 2. A little bit of summary about the movie. Blade forms an uneasy alliance with the Vampire Council in order to combat the Reapers who are feeding on vampires. Dum, dum, dum. Oh. <laughs> what was that? What the frag? <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I think listen, I think I think it's Andrea who's broken, not me. I'm not I, broken. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, Fred, give us a little bit about our cast and crew for tonight. All right, jumping into the cast and crew, we start with the director is Guillermo del Toro. Um, oh God, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Close enough. Okay, Andrea, did you really just say? Did you really just get on to him for mispronouncing a name? <laughs> we honestly, no, 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 no. We practiced <laughs> before we got on call with you guys. But that oh, was awful. And, and then, and then it was funny because he was like, "It's like no, honey, that's not how you say it." I just got Dr. Pepper on my iPad, on my computer. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, how do we pronounce oh. it, Andrea? Guillermo. Guillermo. Guillermo del Toro. Thank you. And he is famous <laughs> Mike for... got a little bit scared there. <laughs> Chills on my spine. <laughs> Some of the works that he has done is Hellboy 1 and 2, Pan's Labyrinth, yep. Pacific Rim, Crimson Peak, The Strain, The Shape of Water, and Troll Hunters. Uh, some of the actors, Wesley Snipes, obviously, is Blade. Um, he's also in... Uh, 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, Demolition Man, White Man Taco Can't Bell. Jump, U.S. Marshals. Uh, we also have Chris Christopherson, one of my favorites in this movie, is Whistler. Yes. Uh, from Payback mm-hmm. and A Star Is Born, the original 1976 version. Well, the second, the second, the first remake. Well, not the current yes. one. Not the current remake. Yeah. Right. Uh, Ron Perlman, Reinhardt, um, from Hellboy, Beauty and the Beast, Pacific Rim, Book of Life, Justice League, Teen Titans... Uh, Green Lantern, uh, the animated series, Sons of Anarchy, and The Punisher. Hey, who did he play in Beauty and the Beast? Was it the new one? No, the um, the TV show from the oh. s- from the eighties. Okay. Was Vincent. Okay. Okay. And if, oh, he played in the two thousand twelve Punisher. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and he's he's the voice of Deathstroke in pretty much all any DC uh, animated thing ever and he's also the voice of Sinestro in the Green Lantern animated series which is awesome very cool, cool. Uh, to continue oh. we have Lenore Valera um, she plays Nisa Nisa mm-hmm. uh, she's also she's uh, from Lethal Weapon the series and Alpha we Sophia. have she, uh, she, 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 she plays Sophia on Lethal Weapon the series ah okay uh, then we have one man who does not need an introduction, Norman Reedus. He is obviously Daryl mm. from The Walking Dead. Awesome, awesome role. <laughs> yep. uh, Boondock Saints, Voltron, and American Gangster. He plays Scud. <laughs> Scud. It's like Scud. By, by the way, I know, I, I know, I know. Mike hasn't seen it, but have either of you seen Boondock Saints? Yes. yes. One or two. So good. Okay. That is. Why that, do you always assume movies I haven't seen awesome. something, Carrie? Because you hardly what ever the freak? do. <laughs> Am I wrong? No, I haven't seen it, but still. <laughs> <laughs> Point proven. Oh. All right, who we got next? Moving on. Oh, we have Luke Goss, who plays Nomak. Um, he's also played in Hellboy 2, Traffic, and Tekken. Uh, Tony Curran, who plays Priest from Undead... So, Underworld Evolution, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Defiance, Ooh. Doctor Who, and Voltron. Have any of y'all seen Defiance? Yes. yes. It's a very, very, very good show. You know who he plays in Defiance, right? I don't think I've seen that one. You couldn't. You you couldn't remember last time, Mike. Right, right, and 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 then I, then I had a look at his face. He he plays Daytac Tar. Yeah. But he was also Vincent Van Gogh in Doctor Who, and that oh. Oh, that one, that one got you. Never seen uh, it. But I keep it going. Anyway, continue, continue, Fred. <laughs> Next, we have Danny John Jules, uh, Little Shop of Horrors, and Red Dwarf. Oh, uh, I forgot to put what he was in. I'm sorry. 
he's okay. um he's Assad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, next we have Donnie Yen Snowman, uh, Rogue One. He plays uh, Chirrut Emway. Um, yeah. IP Man series. Triple uh, X, the number three. I like Chirrut. Yes. Awesome. That's it's actually I think it's pronounced Ip Man. The Ip, Ip Man, Man movies. Yeah. I'm not. Familiar I haven't with seen those, any of them. So. No, I've I've, I've yeah. heard I've heard the name several times, especially when he was cast in Rogue One. But uh, yeah. I just watched Rogue One last night. So good. Ah. Uh, next we have Thomas Kretschmann. Uh, Damaskinos. Damaskinos. Um, yep. He's all he's played in uh, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, Resident Evil Apocalypse. Awesome. And the writer of the movie is David S. Goyer, um, who's played Man of Steel, sorry, played, uh, wrote Man of wrote. Steel, Dark City, The Blade Trilogy, uh, the Nolan Batman Trilogy, Krypton, uh, Constantine, and Godzilla. He's got a good repertoire there, yep. good resume. Mm-hmm. And the composer for Blade Two was Marco Beltrami. Uh, who played in I or composed iRobot, World War Z, Logan, Lucifer, Fantastic Four, the 2015 version, uh, Snowpiercer, Hellboy, and Terminator 3. So out of that list, iRobot and Snowpiercer, I think to me personally, had the best music out of that list. I really iRobot, yes. I enjoyed iRobot, iRobot yeah. and Snowpiercer. Um, I guess I enjoyed iRobot because that's before Shy Love went all crazy. Um, you know, stop cussing and go home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Can we add that to the list? Anyways. Um, <laughs> we, you know what? We you ought really to just want to do, open that can of worms again, Mike? We ought to do, to make Erasure happy, Carrie, we ought to do like another podcast when we go through all these episodes finally. The sci-fi podcast where we just talk about sci-fi movies. Yeah, we could do that in like 10 years when we're done with this list. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right, Andrea. It's a goal. What do we got for our box office? All right. So runtime was an hour and 57 minutes, rated R. Uh, release date was March 22nd, 2002. The budget was $54 million. Opening weekend domestic was $32.5 million. Lifetime domestic gross was $82.3 million. Worldwide gross was $155 million. And Rotten Tomatoes score... Critics said it was 57%, and audiences thought it was 68%. Obviously, the audience was smarter. Yeah. Um, let's see. This film was released one week after Ice Age and Resident Evil. Uh, most of the filming took place in Prague in the Czech Republic. Um, so a couple of casting notes. Tim Curry was considered for the role of Damaskinos. That would have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the role of um, Nis is it Nissa or Nisa Carey? I think it's Nisa. Nisa. Nisa yeah. For some reason I keep want to call her Nissa, and and I know that's not right because I know no Nissa's an arrow is in the Arrow universe. Um, was considered was Asia Asia Argento, Kristana Loken, Elena Anaya, and Rona mm-hmm. Mitra were all considered for the role of that lady, Nisa. <laughs> um, that lady. I also looked up some of the um, the charts on how it ranked for the for the year. Okay. Um, so it opened in fifth place amongst um, yearly R-rated movies in 2002, That's which is bad. pretty decent. Not mad. Uh, for not all bad. movies in the year of 2002, it came in 32nd, and so far it still sits at 9:15 for all-time domestic. That's not bad at all. Nice. So. Go Blade 2. Considering it's, um, what, 17 years old, it's actually still standing pretty strong. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, let's talk a little bit about our, our... I don't think we really need to spend a lot of time with our backgrounds, because we pretty much did this when we talked about Blade last time. Um, but, Andrea, why don't you tell us a little bit of background about this movie for you? There, I called you first. Um, <laughs> oh, I thank you, Mike. Um, this is actually the first time I've ever watched it. Hmm. Um, the way that I watched Blade was the third one, the first one, and now this one, which is weird. I don't know why my parents did that to me. <laughs> this is something I have to sit down and ask them about. 
Um, so yeah, so this was the first time I watched it. I really thought the twists were really fun and entertaining. So that's as much as I'm going to say right now. All right, Fred. I watched it when it first came out back in 2002. Um, maybe I've seen it once, maybe twice since then, obviously. And again, this morning, it's not my favorite blade movie, but uh, I thought it was pretty good and I'd forgotten Mm. most of the twists. So that was kind of fun to watch them again. Carrie, what about you? Uh, pretty much what I said the, with the first Blade movie that I wasn't from. I was familiar with the character um, vaguely, but I this is the, this was these movies were my exposure, my you know real real exposure to Blade. Um, as an added bonus, this is this is the uh, movie that introduced me to the works of Guillermo del Toro, and um, my life has never been the same since. <laughs> okay. Um, as far as my background goes, I kind of mentioned this in the last podcast we had with it, um, with the first one, that I watched this one kind of right after I got the, because I got all three in one set, so I watched this one right after the first one, and yeah, I've seen it, man, I can't even count how many times I've seen this movie over the years, um, I've seen it multiple times, I did a lot of night watch security when I was in college, and I would binge this movie multiple times. That's awesome. So, and I still forgot some of the plot twist after seeing it so many times. It's just so funny to me. Like, the whole thing with Scud, I didn't pick up on until about 45 minutes in the movie. I'm like, oh, crap, wait. And you, yeah, and it, I, happen, I, it happened when he was eating the donut. I, I was like, crap, wait. I forgot, I forgot that, it, I forgot that he lasted that long. I kept, I kept, kept expecting him to get, get offed earlier than that. Yeah. Sorry, um, Andrea. <laughs> so, so when we talk about the villains uh, of this movie obviously there was i think it was a different kind of villain um than we're used to because i think there was kind of a red herring they wanted you to believe that nomak was the villain i think in this mm-hmm. movie yes when when really he he wasn't the whole the whole plot twist was that it really wasn't him but it was damaskinos um i just called him big daddy on my notes um <laughs> That, that he kind of was very manipulative. So he was the real villain behind everything that was going on. Um, and I have a little negative about him that we'll get to when we talk about the pros and cons. But like I said, I kind of remember about Scud um, after Blade was captured, you know, when he was eating the donut and that kind of thing. It was awesome. Um, but I think, it, I think it had... I think it was very good. I think, I think Don Mosquitoes was a good villain. Um... But I think that Nomak, if they were considering him to be a villain, he made you sympathize with him. And that makes a good story. When we talk about storytelling, you, you, you kind of felt bad for the guy. Um, but anyways, Carrie, what about you? What did you think of the the villain? Uh, yeah, I thought the villains were villain villains were compelling because they kept you guessing up until the end as to who was behind the whole thing. And I uh, I real I really forgot until the rewatch just how deep the conspiracy ran. Um, I remembered it centering kind of sort of around Demoskinos, but I forgot how I forgot how long it took for them to reveal just how deep that went right right uh andrea what about you this movie is the embodiment of why i have trust issues (laughs) 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 like honestly i was like oh okay this bad guy oh no wait uh, i've been lied to like for 30 minutes and then oh no i've been actually lied to for more than 30 minutes um i really enjoyed it i enjoyed that in the end for almost two hours again ptsd right there um so i actually enjoyed that i think that it played it really well and that you really just it kept you guessing um the villain was very compelling i enjoyed him there were some things that could have been done better with his character um but i really enjoyed that it was like a father and son and daughter kind of problem um so i i really enjoyed it okay fred what do you got? I really enjoyed the idea behind the whole thing, like how they created the Reapers. I really enjoyed the genetic manipulation that um, Eli was doing. But I wanted to see him, again, same complaint as the first movie. I wanted to see 
how powerful he actually was and right. he should have been. Um, you can get a sense of how strong and powerful he was when he was facing off against his daughter, but when it was against Nomak, um, he was just trembling and weak. And I think he should have been stronger. I agree. I would have liked to see a fight between those two. I think that would have been good. I think that was one of my biggest complaints um, and my negative about this is I really don't feel like they fleshed out the character um, as much as they could have. Like, I want to know why he, how he got so powerful, what made him so powerful. You know, all we know is he's hidden away in a building. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know what? Yeah. So I just, you know, anyway, not just a building, but a vault. Like I know places like Fort Knox with a, with, <laughs> with, with a, with a Lazarus pit, right? Yes. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Something, something, something like that. that. Um, so as far as this movie ages, obviously it's in 2002. Um, Andrew, how do you think it aged? Um, I think it aged really well. I know that with the CGI, it was very noticeable within the movie, but yeah. um, I, I thought that despite that, the transition between reality and CGI was done really well, so I could overlook it. Um, and it's watchable. I think I could watch this movie so, so many times and still enjoy it because of those twists and those turns. Um, and I think that the visuals don't take away from that. Okay. Uh, Carrie, what, what, do you, what do you think? Um, some of the UV effects look a bit dated. Um, I'm, I hate saying this. I hate seeing this phrase. I am not a scientist, but I'm not entirely sure that's how light works. Um, yes, it's not. <laughs> was was something I kept thinking in my head when I saw some of the light effects. Um, also, some of the CGI during the fight scenes was very apparent. But I mean, this came out the same year as uh, Attack of the Clones, pretty much. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, whatever whatever epi- whatever issues I had with the um, with the fights in Attack of the Clones, I have the it's the same issues I have here, and it's it's fine for for 2002. It's pretty it's pretty darn good. Um, so otherwise, I think this aged about as well as the first one. Uh, I think it I think it does I think it does age better than the first one. You could definitely like like you like y'all said you could definitely tell the CGI moments, uh, but for year 2002, I think it's an incredible step up from. Um, well, Blade was in 1998, the first one, 1999, the first one. Within those three years, the CGI seemed to have jumped dramatically in this, in, in the development of, of those those kind of aspects of the movie. So I think it was done very well. You could definitely tell it is older. One thing I didn't like, and we'll get into that later, I liked most of the fight scenes, except for a couple of things that bothered me. But I, th- I, th- I think it does, it ages better. It'd be one that I would watch again. Fred, uh, did you, how did you feel about some of the CGI and stuff? Basically, I'm echoing what the three of you have just, just said. The CGI, y- you can tell but it doesn't take away from the movie. Uh, one of the things that none of you have pointed out yet that I actually really enjoyed was there was very few items that date the movie and how old it was. Uh, like in the first that's one, true. they had that's the, true. the different computer screens, and you can see, like, yeah, that's really ancient tech. Um, yeah. In this one, they avoided all that kind of stuff much better. They, they, did, they, they did have that one scene, though, where you get a shout-out to the mini-disc. Yeah, <laughs> that they dropped into the drive. I was like, "Oh, the mini disc," and um, but but that was I think the only time there was really a computer. But it really wasn't a bad. I mean, it still looked usable. So that's um, that was that was pretty good. So that's just a little bit about kind of what we thought about it. But what are, what are some things that generally? So let's just kind of go out here. What, what did we like about it? What was it about the movie that drew you to it? What was it that you really liked about it? What's some pros that we have for it? I really personally enjoyed the partnership the, of the good and evil fighting against a bigger, stronger bad guy, the team-up, uh, right. and the tension that that created. Uh-huh. Um, especially the tension um, teasing back before between like Blade's crew, like specifically between Whistler and um, and Chapu, yeah. Oh, and Chapu too. Oh, and Chapu. So I thought Chapu. that was really cool. Um, a lot of the fight scenes I just thought were immense. I really enjoyed them. Yeah. Um, it was just eye candy, really. Uh-huh. It, it was. I, and sp- speaking of the Wolfpack, I liked yeah. how when we when we get to the House of Pain. 
and and they're like, this doesn't look. He said, this doesn't look like a vampire hangout. Well, we've had to alter some tactics because yep. of you. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so we now we, now we have to now we have to admit to you that we've altered our tactics, and now we're gonna have to alter them alter them again. again. <laughs> yes, I really uh, like I, the, I did like that the romantic tension that was between her and Blade. I thought that played mm-hmm. out really well. They didn't overplay it. Um, yeah. I know there was a deleted scene where there's a love scene. And I'm glad Between they cut Nisa it because yeah. it would have just been pushed it too it far. It would have been a little too much. Did you know this? This was the only movie, though. Speaking of cutscenes, this was the only Blade movie that they had that the ending was not reshot. That was the original written ending in the movie. Nice, really. The other, okay. the, the the other two had 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 a different writing um, for the ending of the movie, and they went back and changed. Interesting. 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 And then I have to give shoutouts to Whistler and Daryl. They're my two favorite characters in this movie. Oh, I think they, they owned their it. banter. Yeah, yeah. I kept I kept expecting Whistler to shoot uh, Scud. <laughs> I was waiting for it. And yep. I was wait I was waiting for it. And yeah, when yeah when Scud blows up at the end, I was I was really happy. I, sorry, I, sorry, I, sorry again, Andrea. I I I did enjoy seeing a younger um, Norman Reedus though, and and, oh, and yeah. his, before he really got big, it was interesting uh, to see. So I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the intro credits with Blade telling the story and kind of rehashing the first movie. It makes it so that he doesn't. You don't feel like you have to really go see the first movie. He's. I'm just going to tell you the story in like 45 seconds. This is what happened in the first movie, and neither trip to speed. This is why I'm in Prague. Yep. <laughs> yep. That. Um. I I want Blade's trench coat. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that trench coat. um uh i i know andrea has seen the strain i am convinced that um the reapers provided guillermo del toro with the inspiration for the strain at least for the um the strogoi um and he stream i think he streamlined it a bit from from what we saw here when he when he started working on the strain um with the books and then the and then the tv show it's very interesting because my image of Strigoi is so different from what he imagined oh yeah, yeah. Um, because um, I I have I, I there's this one book series that I it's dear to my heart and it talks about Strigoi Damphiers and different types of vampires mm-hmm. and, and it, this is so completely different from what I envisioned them to be Right, but uh, just the the way the way they the way they attack the way they feed it's kind of similar. Right, and um, when you get in, there's no it's not it's not genetic um, it's not genetic in the strain. It's an actually really ancient, and the what they did in the TV show, they cut out a lot of the um kind of biblical um aspects of the origin of the Strigoi. Um, but that's, mm-hmm. that's a subject for a different podcast. So sorry. Um, I'm digressing. Uh, my, my only issue with the, my biggest issue with the, with the Reapers is that they were almost too powerful. And, and for a, a lot of the time of the movie, it felt like they had kind of painted themselves into a corner with how powerful the, um, the villains, the, the Reapers were. And what okay. try it was interesting it was interesting watching them get themselves out of that corner. You know you, you speak of the you speak of the Reapers and the and the CGI. So did any of you have one of those moments when you're watching it that it was just like, oh kinda of like a gross moment, like oh like 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 one part of the scene really got you? Uh probably when, when, is there when, one in- uh when priest's eye stays when Priest's eye moves after his head's been... Oh, no, oh, yeah. no, yeah, that, no, that was... no. The, the, the one that got to me was when he threw the sword and the Reaper got was stuck to the wall and then he just pulls himself up and starts scaling that up the wall. Gross. Oh, yeah, that bottom, was... Half his bottom just started like, oh. One of the, that was one of those moments that just kind of make you shudder, like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I I didn't... I, I thought they were almost... they The line they they trod as to making them almost unkillable was a little much. Okay. Um, I felt like, I was going to say, I I, I felt like as the movie progressed, the Reapers got weaker. 
or they were more yeah. effective with conventional weapons, which I found a little bit difficult to swallow. Well, they, the only thing that they were vulnerable to was sunlight by then. But then they started using ammunition when they already knew that it wouldn't work. So it's like, well, it's 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 well, it's weird because if you if you, and and Fred Fred's kind of right here when you sit in this point because in the beginning when they're in the club, the guy um, uh, uh what's his name um um, Chapu whatever Chapo I can't remember yeah. his name Chapo Chapo yeah. he he unloads on this Reaper. And he's still and standing, and he and he does nothing. But then, by the time you get to the sewer scene, Blade's hacking him up with his blade, and Reinhardt and all of them are shooting him, and they're just falling down. Like, did they get? Is now now he did say that unless they feed daily, their bodies start to break down, so they mm-hmm. get that weaker. That might be it. So maybe they weren't getting the food that they needed, and therefore, when they went into the when they were in the sewer. They were all, they were to, all starving. Is, right. is my thinking. Bl- so Blade was able to chop them down easier because they were weaker. Well, also, also the the because of how viral the um, Reaper strain spread, how fast, how quickly that spread. That that is very much still. That is very much what happened with the strain, and how. Um, and there are um, there were courses apparently at like UC Irvine um, about you know using the strain as like how to recognize um, uh, outbreak patterns and stuff like that. Uh, but again, that's a different po- that's something for a different podcast. But yeah, it basically uh, how how invincible ish the Reapers were combined with how fast they multiplied. It kind of just made things like little, like they had a little more than they could chew on uh, for this, but they fixed it in the end. So, okay, they got rid of them all. Well, Andrew, what about you? What are some things that that you kind of liked about this uh, movie? Um, I really like the continuity from the first movie that it wasn't just like. Oh, we're just going to forget about everything that happened in the first one. And I know that Nisa does also bring back. She's like, oh, thank you for destroying this person that was Uh on our tail. So I really appreciated those notes. Um, Again, like I said a million times, twists and turns are really fun. And I really enjoyed them. The fighting scenes were really awesome. Oh, yes. Every fight scene. Yep. Yeah, I really appreciated that moment where like Blade is on the motor, like the motorcycle, <laughs> and he almost hits the car, but then he just like blows it a kiss. I thought it was like the funniest thing. Um, I, there's I, another. I, no, I really, I, I really love the the that first fight scene between Nisa and Blade. It's like he knows he mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't even draw his sword for like a full minute, and like he's just he's just uh, one handing with- it. He just he's just fighting yeah. with with in the with the Saya and then afterward after he drew the blade the the um he was making really effective use of his Saya as well as the the sword itself so that um at, from a martial context that was really really cool. I loved it. Sorry. He was just toying with her. Yes. Yes. Um, the other one that I really what is wrong with you? I'm reading Mike, one of your you pros okay? when 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 Reinhardt's talking to Whistler, and I remembered that oh, scene in my yeah. mind. So, so every single time that we do like one of these like recordings, I really love quotes. Like quotes are just like so amazing, and then I find myself using them outside of like the movie, and it's amazing. <laughs> so there's like. There's two quotes that really just get to me. And the first one is, how do you feel? And then Whistler says, like, hammered, beep. I don't want to say bad words because then I get beep hammered and then everybody's mad. <laughs> hammered, poop. But it doesn't and sound then, as good, though. Thinking. Really okay, fine. I'm saying them. All right. So then Reinhardt, I really like the scene when they're in the club and he's um, pointing the laser of the gun towards Blade and he's like, oh, it could just be so easy to just kill him at this point. And then all of a sudden, Chapu is like, oh, he's already one-upping you. And you see Blade has the same laser pointed back at Reinhardt. 
Um, and he just like mouths mother. <laughs> it was just so. <laughs> I and, wonder if I'm gonna, just going to need to put an E tag on this episode just to do it. <laughs> it it's just so good. Yeah. Like just seeing Blade smile, that just nice smile. Just like, oh, I got you. Yeah, it's well, really every, funny. Well, every time, every time Wesley Slipes and Ron Perlman are on screen together, it's just awesome. It's amazing. Uh, yeah, they were having, they were totally having fun. Ron Pearl, I lo- I love Ron Perlman in pretty much everything I've seen him in. So this this was just like awesome, and I really mm-hmm. wanted their last fight to last longer. <laughs> yes, I I really like the banter and all that stuff. Um, so it, it's it was a lot of fun. Um, I liked Scud. Um, I and I put it in the show notes. Um, Norman Reedus and I have like that tiny little bond because of fan expo um it's really funny because when i met him with my mom he called her beautiful and my mom like lost her crap <laughs> it, was the, it was the greatest thing ever so i'm here crying my mom is like in cloud nine and my dad is like where is he <laughs> it was it was great that's cool and then and then the la- the second time I saw him, it was by myself, and it was as enjoyable. He's such and then a cool you lost, guy. And then you lost your crap when you saw him again. Yes. yes. Not as much. <laughs> um, and then Whistler lines are awesome. Um, yeah, you have to read the other Whistler line. Listen, great. listen, listen. All right, listen, everybody who's listening to this podcast right now. I'm going to put an E tag on this because this is a rated R movie. So it is a rated R movie. That's pretty much all I'm going to say. So there's going to be some explicit stuff. So I'm going to have Andrea read this line just as it is because it makes me die laughing every time I hear it in this movie. The Reinhardt one? Yes. When he pulls out his pistol? Yes. All right. So keep talking, honky tonk. It just makes me... No, wait. No, no. Let's do it again. (laughs) Take two. You have to... Take two. So keep talking, honky tonk. It just makes my sending you into the next world all that sweeter, Whistler says. Been there, done that, do your worst, chicken shit. We'll settle up after. (laughs) Bam. (laughs) I love Whistler's lines. Oh, my goodness. Everything Whistler says is amazing. Could you imagine? So then quick. I was going to say, he never breaks character. Like, it's just perfect for him. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And he just delivers it so well. Yeah. He's just an asshole. So then now I can say, like, hammer shit. Yeah. And then I can also say, um, motherfucker. <laughs> she still wanted to pause the, on that one. <laughs> wow. I love... Uh, and, and I, my, I, I, I wish we could get a Whistler in every... Could you imagine if we had Whistler in Daredevil? Or, oh, my or, gosh. Or, or, have, or have Whistler in the Spider-Man movie we got coming up. I mean, just just as as like the the mentor of Tobey Maguire Spider Man. <laughs> I, I mean, a Whistler in any Marvel movie right now or DC movie would be absolutely like I'd see love to see him and Jason Momoa in the movie together and for for like an Aquaman movie somehow. Oh, that would be awesome! Be oh my gosh, I can see, I can visualize it when Uncle Ben dies and like to like and, and Spider Man is crying. He's like. Suck it Pull up, your princess. pants up, you <laughs> pussy! <laughs> like, like, like I can already see it. Like it's so bad. Oh, jeez! Oh, wow, you you really opened up a can of worms with this, uh, Mike. Well, well, it, I, I'm well, done with this. <laughs> I, I know the, the, the problem is when you talk about an R-rated movie, it's hard because you ha- it, it's an R-rated movie for a reason. Uh-huh. The bad words so, are make it so, like so. I, I, that's why I'll just put. I'm going to put an explicit tag on this episode as well as I'll kind of mention in the in the in the summary before. Guys, this has some language. Do not listen around your children or at work unless your boss is fine with it, <laughs> or unless you're on headphones. Unless you like have I, headphones, like, I'm us- like I so, usually am. Um, anything else y'all liked about it? Uh, the ends, the ending scene where he comes back. He comes back to the guy from the beginning of the movie it's like you think i forgot oh about gosh. you that was great and he's there he's there in the in the yeah at the club and he's like oh i'm going i'm leaving like, I, yeah and did any did any of you guys watch through through the end of the credits no yeah there is a disclaimer that no no real reapers were hurt during the making mm-hmm. of this film That's i love i love it when they do stuff like that 
That's good to know. The first end credit scene by Marvel, right there. Well, it wasn't. An end, it wasn't an end credit scene. It was just a. It was just a disclaimer. Same thing, Carrie. Dang it. No. All right. Yeah. Well, if there's, are there any more pros before we move on to kind of what kind of bothered us a little bit about this uh, movie? Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, <clears throat> so a little bit of cons. We've already kind of already mentioned um, that we'd like a little bit more of uh, Damaskinos. Um, I, I okay. So this is a mo- this is part of a negative con that has always bothered me when I watch this movie. The but the reason is never given as to how Ristler survives the gunshot from the first movie. Yes. My, okay. My that, that kind of bothers me. That my, is never given. My theory. My my theory is that he di- that he, somehow when he tried to shoot himself, the gun went off and he went off, or either he didn't. The the gun kicked and he didn't actually get get shot. My, but you my, see his hand fall so, down, though. So do the vampires come okay. back and get him? So my understanding of what happened... Yeah, my my, what, my question is how did the vampires get into the warehouse when Blade was still in there? My understanding of what happened was Whistler was bitten, so when he shot yeah. himself, he just recovered. And that's why when he was captured, he never got to drink any blood, and that's why Blade was able to give him the antidote so wait a minute though if he was bitten and he was shot by one of the silver bullets wouldn't it have killed him he had because, beca- because blade handed him his gun but he was still in the transition of turning but but would he have still because if he was still transitioning would he have still because even whistler said when um whatever that doctor from the first movie uh, I can't remember her name now. Whenever she was turning, he said, "Put a stake through her to kill her." Because you know, a stake through the heart she, will kill anything. Because she, 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 she's still, she's already begun the process of transitioning. But you also have to remember that when the people were bitten by the um, reapers, is that what they're called? Yeah. Yes. It's really hard for me to call them that when I know reapers from Mass Effect. But anyways, when people are bitten by the reapers. They can still be killed through vampire means, unless they're farther into their transition. Until they finish transitioning, yeah. Yeah. And speaking of the doctor, we never got her. It's like she just dropped off after after the first movie. She's still researching the the cure, elsewhere. Yes. Yeah, because he's still taking something to keep him down. Yep. So I, I don't know. I, that's just that's something I guess in, in the movie that if there was a negative that kind of bothered me is that there's really no explanation given. Like when did they come get his body? Was he? You know, I can I can give the fact that he was bitten, Fred. I, I can give that one to you. Um, and he was already in process of turning. But well, when did to be they, fair, when, when did they come get to, his body? He was supposed to die in the first one, and they just wrote him back in. Right, right, and, and that's that's. Right. And you just have to kind of accept that. I, I to get a certain that. Degree. But do you do you think Blade would not have known? Oh, he's been bitten. I mean, he's Blade would obviously notice there if there's holes in his neck from being well, bitten. Well, okay. So what would have happened is he shot himself. Blade would have gone kill Deacon Frost. He would have come back to the thing and he would have buried his friend. Yeah. Hmm. So if 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 he came back to the the garage and found his friend not there then he would know that something isn't right. That actually that actually makes a lot of sense for us. So did Deacon send a crew to go get his body? While Vampires was... must have. Or did or was it um Damaskinos that maybe sent? See, I would have liked that if Damaskinos knew about Blade and then um because you think about it, the the wolf pack had been training for two years to kill Blade. So right there, when Whistler would have died, would have almost been the beginning of the two years. Yeah. Before, but so so maybe Domaschino sent somebody to go get Whistler to use Whistler to 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 help with his little pet project, quote unquote. But then also consider that Scud was a plant. Scud was a plant, and but uh, how you long? Know, but how, how long we, did he? How long after Whistler died did he find Scud? Did it say? Um, I don't. I don't remember what they said, but also if we fast forward to the the third movie, you it's you show you see how 
deep the vampire society gets into the human world. And yeah, so there's there's a definite un, there's a definite network there that that the vampires probably took made use of. Okay. Okay. But really that I mean outside the CGI, I wish the the fight would have been better between um um Nisa and Blade with just the swords. I thought it was great. I don't think they needed any effects. I just let them go at it. I think their chemistry their choreography was phenomenal in that scene. Mm-hmm. Um other than that, uh I I didn't really have very many conscious movies. I really liked it. Mhm. What about y'all? I wish there was a little bit more exploration of the two, uh, the pure blood, like you had said, seeing a bit more of the Moschinos. Um, the CGI, um, although it took away from, I, I knew where those jumps were, they were still enjoyable. So like, that's a, that's a good and a bad. Um, there's not a lot of things. And then the other thing um, was that there were a lot of times where I felt myself saying like, oh, if they would have just done this, the problem would have been solved. Um, so, I mean, aside from that, it's really good to not find that many things to complain about in the movie. Not even jars of blood that they take by the jar at the blood bank. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so... It was, it was that was a, a weird it was a scene. Blood, it was a skeevy blood bank anyway. Yeah. Anybody else got anything they kind of struggled with a little bit? So some of mine are just more of a recap of ones that we've already mentioned. Um, the UV light bombs, which didn't make any sense to me. Why didn't they just use a flashlight? And then light doesn't. It has turn to be around. a really, really big flashlight for Ooh. for that many reapers. But yeah, I under I get I get what you're saying. Uh, and then light doesn't really bend around corners like they were showing in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and then again, the Reapers in the beginning of the movie were tougher than later on, which we kind of uh, discussed already in a possible they were just getting weaker from lack of eating. Uh, and then again, they kept using conventional weapons, even though they knew they were useless. And then one of the ones I mentioned early on was the, uh, I would have liked to have seen Nisa survive this movie. And yeah. I would have liked to have seen yeah. that relationship progress into the next one. Yeah. See, that's interesting because that's something that I actually appreciated that, like, there was no romance. I, I could do without it. And well, I would have liked it if it continued. And I, I would have I liked it if they maybe the romance didn't start until you see them in the next movie. Like, you see it grow through the next movie, too. Mm-hmm. That, I could get behind that. Yeah. Um, and then the last one I put here was um, I didn't feel in this storyline was as believable in real life as the first one was, and that was one of the main points that I liked about the first movie, hmm. is that this seemed like it was a very possible real-world situation where the Reapers were not believable. Okay. Well, yeah, but, uh, okay, and uh, if if you look at it as, like, a... Um, as a plague, as like an outbreak of something, and how it would spread. That that kind of that kind of seems a bit more believable. And I'm, I'm again, I'm reading into this as far as you know what I know, uh, how I know um, how things developed when when Guillermo del Toro um, wrote and then created the TV TV show for The Strain. Um, so you kind of, you kind of see kind of how that how that would work. I have no issue if they made a super vampire that was closer to a daywalker like they were intending but this whole splitting of the mouth and alien mouth that would come out um to drink the blood just seemed a little far-fetched for me it felt like the matrix meets alien meets vampires <laughs> yes wow yes. <clears throat> I, I i actually thought whenever they opened their mouth it reminded me of the movie tremors Oh my gosh! Yes. With the uh, with the uh, 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 oh crap! I can't remember what they're called now. Oh shoot! And I love that series, and I can't remember the name of the, of the um, the giant ground um graboids. Graboids, yeah. yeah. Yep. But yeah, I I I like those. I I think I I would have liked to see Nisa survive a little bit more as well. Um, I, I think she would have been a, a a unique asset in the next movie to see. Um, what happens, especially with her being a pure blood, and when you start to talk about 
um, Dracula and that kind of thing. But I like the cast they got for the next movie. We'll get into that when we get there. I may not like everything about the third one, but Ryan Reynolds, um, yeah, just you know, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, I don't think Nisa would have survived the third movie just just based on on how they how they ended it. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, um, anything else kind of that maybe kind of bothers you a little bit about the movie? Nope. No. All right. Well, let's uh, let's do a little bit. A little bit. There's no plot holes really that I could find. Um, but we, well, we some... discussed we discussed the one gaping plot hole, which is how how Whistler survived the first movie. Right. It's pretty much the only really big plot hole. He's Whistler. He's he's a survivor. He's, he's Whistler. He's That's awesome. Right. That's right. He's, he's, he's Whistler there. and he's awesome. That's how he survived. Uh, I I hope that okay. I forgot who was it that played him. Um. Chris Christopherson. Chris, Chris yeah. Christopherson. Okay. I, um, hang on. I want to open up something. I want to open up an INDB real quick on, on Chris Christopherson. Um, I hope maybe when they redo Blade, they got to get him again. Or at least have him make a cameo in the mm-hmm. movie. They, they don't have to have him play Whistler, but they have to get him to make some kind of cameo. And and in the but, new Blade one, yeah, but he really is dead now. Whistler well, really it, is dead now. Is he? Is he though, Carrie? Is he? That's, that's he's Whistler. True. That's he, true. I kept ex- he, yeah. could, he, he, we, he 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 could he could always be somebody in a bar that somebody bumps into in the new Blade movie, and he could say what what line again, Carrie? I mean, Andrea. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker! <laughs> it's not the one I was thinking of, but okay. <laughs> hammered, hammered something. Oh, but uh, but I think that'd be really cool to see him back in the movies again. That'd be cool. Um, but let, why don't you tell us a little bit about some things behind the scenes, some trivia there, Fred? All right, going through the trivia. Uh, number one, over thirty members of the cast and crew were temporarily blinded by the misuse of the UV lights in the vampire autopsy scene. Like, how does that happen? Whoopsies. Sorry, guys. <laughs> Whoops. Oh. I didn't have to pay out for that one. Uh, number two, Wesley Snipes was not always available for each day of filming for the movie, which came out in two thousand two. Uh, during that time, Wesley starred in three other films aside from Blade Two. Instead of waiting for Wesley to become available, the crew shot another actor, uh, who was not even Wesley's stunt double, for scenes where it was not necessary to see Wesley's face. The first scene being where Blade, Scud, and Nysa were running in, uh, riding in the helicopter to meet Damaskinos. Uh, the second was after Nysa performed an autopsy on the dead Reaper and confronts played in his quarters about his attitude towards um, blood, the blood pack. Hmm. So that's really interesting. Uh, number three, Wesley Snipes has admitted this is his personal favorite Blade movie. Probably cool. from those epic fight scenes. Like, it was just so good. Probably. Yes. He probably worked really hard for that, too. Hmm. Uh, during the fight with Nomak in the church part of the House of Pain, the stained glass window is a replica of Doctor Strange's Another Marvel character who battles the occult uh, medallion, the Eye of Agamotto. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. That is cool. Next one. The early scene in which Scud is watching the Powerpuff Girls 1998 was originally <laughs> written with him watching an episode of Speed Racer 1967. However, the owners of the domestic rights would not allow it. I, I, I just think that's just, just so funny that Scud was watching Powerpuff Girls. I mean, I he just... He just... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Such a big oh. badass, but no, no. Powerpuffs. <laughs> oh. Uh, the original script contained a sex scene between Blade and Nysa. We did talk about that earlier. Uh, body count, 110. Blade went to work. Uh, the only film in the trilogy where Blade does not engage in a sword fight with a villain or concludes with one. He does fight Nomak twice with his ninja... Ah. Ninjato. 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 Yeah. But Domak uh, is never armed with one. Hmm. And the last one here, following the success of the original film, New Line and Marvel made plans for a sequel in 1999. It is said that the film was going to introduce Hannibal King and 
uh, Frank Drake in the series, as well as time travel storyline where Blade goes to years in the future. Oh, I'm glad they didn't that go that weird. way. Yeah. Uh, what are some uh, goofs we have, Andrea? All right. So when Whistler looks through his infrared sniper scope as Blade and the pack walk into the first club, only Blade shows up with a heat signature. Um, the full vampires show up as blue-green, meaning that there is no heat. Later in the sewers, though, Whistler looks through the infrared goggles, and now all the vampires show red, meaning that they're giving off some heat. I, I, which is really interesting. I did notice They've that. said. I did notice that one. I actually noted mm-hmm. both of the ones that are noted here. And I noted yeah. a third one that isn't on this list. Ooh. So when the group is about to enter the House of Pain, a crew member can be seen um, crunching or crouching, sorry, next to the door when the blood pack approaches it. Hmm. And Fred, what's the one you saw? So early in the movie, when you first see Blade um, chasing down those bad guys uh, with the whole motorcycle scene, mm-hmm. just before they got on the motorcycles, they were on the top floor and they had to go down the fire escape and they were sliding down the stairwell. The very first guy to go down, you can see his ropes that were holding him up. Really? Yeah. Hmm. There's a, actually a couple more I don't think I put on here, but I remember um, one of them was Rush. I feel bad for Rush. Um, <laughs> Rush, uh, his uh, the helmet that he was wearing when Blade was putting his head near the near the wheel of the motorcycle, you could see the crack down by the um, on the helmet where it was supposed to I break apart too. too. Yeah. There was that one, um, and the other one was when after Blade killed Reinhardt, um, you see. Um, Whistler up top throw his sunglasses down to Blade. Blade catches them, puts them on, and then in the background you see Whistler throw his arm again. <laughs> oh, interesting! I did catch wow. that, but I wasn't sure what he was yep. doing. Yep, yeah. he and, and 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 they and you see him mouth something too. Like he was supposed to say something, but he never, but nothing ever came out. So he mouthed words and then threw his arm, and then but Blade already had his glasses on at the time, and there was there was no there was no voice. So I, I noticed that too. Uh, but anyways, uh, so let's rate this movie. So I asked a couple of, um, a little bit on Discord and Twitter this last week, how would you rate, you know, when a movie is 7, 8, 9, or 10, what, is it, what does it make a 7, 8, 9, and 10 to you? And I have some good answers on it. Um, you know, generally speaking, an 8 is pretty good. I'd buy it, I'd watch it. 9 is, I'd own it and watch it multiple times. A 10 is perfection. I'm just talking. There's there's no way they can improve. You could take it on an island with you and watch it every day. Um, very few movies in my collection have that. Um, Gladiator is not a superhero movie, but Gladiator is a 10 for me. I'd take Gladiator to mm-hmm. an island all day long. I'd watch it every single day if I could. I love Gladiator. Um, but as far as this movie goes, 1 out of 10 exploding scuds. Andrea, I'm gonna start with you first. How many, how many, <laughs> how many exploding scuds would you give this movie? I want to say one exploding scud, so that I don't have to explode him a couple times more. <laughs> um, what did I give the last one? My gosh. Well, the last movie um, we watched was um. No, as in like the first blade. Oh. I'm gonna say my heart is telling me an eight. Okay. Out of ten exploding scuds, hmm. unfortunately. Carrie, what about you? I'm gonna give this a nine exploding scuds. Ooh, I love this generous. movie so much. Yes, I I love this movie. Wow, wow. All right, um, Fred, what about you? I feel like I gave the first blade an eight, so I think this one would be a seven. Okay. Seven exploding scuds. <laughs> so I, I I like this I like this movie it's it's my favorite of the Blade trilogy. Um, I I pray that when Marvel does remake Blade that they get Wesley Snipes to do it again. They, they there's no to me there's nobody else I can do it. You have to have Wesley Snipes play Blade. Um, man, I, I think I gave the first one a seven. Um, I, I have a hard time giving certain movies nine or tens. Um, but this one, if I could give it an 8.5, I mean, you blow eight scuds up and then blow his top half off. Um, <laughs> we would just, <laughs> now, now you're just being cruel to Andrea. That, that's, <laughs> I, know. 
Um, but I, I would give this movie a solid eight. It's it's my favorite Blade movie. I love this movie. I could watch it again and again and again with the lights on and during the daytime. Um, <laughs> um, but no, I um I, I like this. I give it an eight. I give it an eight. Well, we didn't have any listener feedback, but hey, we have a review. Yay! Awesome. The, it's a joygasmic review. It's a joygasmic yeah. review. <laughs> I appreciate Fedmatic for putting me first. I know it's alphabetical order, but <laughs> he's my favorite number one fan. I appreciate him. Oh, <laughs> awesome. So the title of this review with five stars is Joygasmic by Fedmatic. Andrea, Fred, Carrie, and Mike are a fun bunch to listen to review movies from 1978 to the present. They give equal love on movies from The Phantom to Blade with trivia, tidbits, and commentary. If you like superhero films, then this podcast are for you. I appreciate that review. I really do. Um, yeah. Get some more people to, uh, to review us as well. That would be, um, that would be awesome. We, I look forward to that. All right. Well, does anybody have anything else about this movie before uh, I introduce next movie? The, the two weeks from now, our next movie. No, I think we're. I think we pretty much covered it. All right, yes. we're gonna in two weeks. In two weeks, we're gonna be recovering the 2002 Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Swinging from the rooftops! Woo! Yay! Looking forward to it. Oh, how many? Okay, I, I, okay. Out of these, uh, the four of us in here, how many? This is your favorite Spider-Man version. Okay, obviously outside my of favorite Spider-Man. I like it. Yeah, I think it's one of my favorite Spider-Mans for sure. So besides this, you really have this one coming up, and then you have the new, the the Amazing Spider-Man. We're not going to count the new Spider-Man and the current MCU um, because that one's Why really not? good. To me. Well, we will, but it's really good to me. So out of those, because everybody always fights over the Tobey Maguire one and the Amazing Spider-Man. Which one's the better one? They think Tobey Maguire was too old. He he should have been in school longer. He anyways, it was weird. Um, so we have uh, 2002 Spider-Man followed by 2003 ver- movie The Daredevil. Yes, looking so, forward to both of them. I yes, am too. I, I think we're starting. I think we're starting into the movies that are like really um, exciting. Yeah, yeah, mainstream that 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 people know uh, more than ones we've been talking about. So that's that's good. And then I think after that, I think it's Blade. I'm not sure though. Blade trilogy or Trinity. We see Ryan Reynolds. You know, Ryan Reynolds has played Blade's accomplice. He's played um, Deadpool. He's played Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. He's he is a multi superhero guy. Yes, he is. He gets around. He gets around. He also plays Pikachu. He, he's also Pikachu too. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, uh, but listen, we 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 look forward to those episodes coming up here in a couple weeks. Um, but Carrie, why don't you start us off uh, with our closing here? Tonight. Okay, so we want to hear from you. Uh, what do you think about the show? Do do we have to put Andrea first all the time? Should I, yes. should should Andrea and I threaten Mike more? Stuff like that. Uh, you can email us, capechronicles at randomchatter.com. Mike can throw things at me all he wants. He's going to miss. I'm not throwing uh, anything at you. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, is, Mike is currently throwing socks at his, at his computer screen. Slippers. Which... That's what smells. Slippers. For all of you who can't see the video on this audio podcast, uh, Mike is throwing stuff at, at his computer right now. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Random Chatter. Uh, that's the uh, Twitter handle for the entire network. Uh, you can find me at Carrie Blackfire42. That's K E R I Blackfire42. Andrea, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at CatsBears. That's K A T Z B E A R Z. Fred? You can find me at Freddy Juan Kenobi. That's F R E D D Y W O N Kenobi. Or you could also find me on Discord. And you can find all of our shows. Oh, I'm sorry, Mike. Where can we find what you the on freak. Twitter? What the freak? He doesn't matter. <laughs> oh boy. Sorry. Sorry, oh I had to. Uh, all right. I guess I'm being booted off the podcast. It's okay. Um. You can find me on Twitter at Ob Mike Kenobi. That's Ob underscore Mike Kenobi. You can also find me 
pretty much everywhere because I I am Whistler. I am everywhere. I mean, it's just. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I was going to skip it, by the way, guys. (laughs) Oh. And what can they do to find all of our other shows? You can find all of our shows and any articles and stuff and whatnot over at randomchatter.com. All right, leave a spread the word and support us, everybody. Leave the reviews for us on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Uh, we'll read it on, on air. We thank you, Fatmatic, for um, leaving us a review and putting Andrea first. That made her day. And um, yes. so send us some more reviews. We we would love to have your reviews. To you know, the more reviews we get, the higher up in the store we go, and people will look for us when they so they'll find us. Um, also, tell your friends about us. Let them know that you listen to us. How awesome this podcast is. Um, you know how much these these podcast host drink i guess and um discuss other <laughs> things uh so tell your friends about us you can join us in discord fred mentioned he's a discord as well uh discord's a lot of fun go to randomchatter.com slash discord um it's just a nice community where we can all hang out there's a smartphone app it's a computer app you can um you can pretty much get it anywhere um but we have a main lobby where we just have a bunch of fun and banter and then we have some show channels where all of our podcasts have their own channel in discord and you get all that for free However, if you do support us for at least a minimum of $1 a month, you get access to all those channels. And uh, we have food channels and game channels and just a bunch of different channels and Star Wars channels to go through. Um, So for just $1 a month, if you support us, and you may ask yourself, Mike, how can I support you? I just, your voice is just so eloquent. It just makes me, it just gives me, it just, just an ecstatic, just chills through my, how can we give you guys money well we don't actually touch that money we actually goes to help us with hosting fees and an organization and everything else like that and helps us give you this awesome podcast go to randomchatter.com slash patreon to find out more love it that's great <laughs> and to close us out the music you hear in this podcast is the high roller mojo by blue stolly and as silly as this sentence sounds, all trademarks are owned by the respective owners. Thank you and good night. Good night. Bye.